listening to KZAA LP Santa Barbara 96.5 FM Gaza. What up? Do we got San Diego on the phone line or what? Yeah, yeah. Dude, How's that's it going. That's what's up, man. Um, it's going well. It's going well. Uh, okay, hang tight real quick. I'll keep you on the phone line. Just let the listeners know what's going on. So, what's up to everybody? Again, listening on radio, we're on KZAA ninety six point five FM. Uh, you just heard that awesome rock block made by Abstain, today's guest. Uh, and what's up to everybody streaming this episode? You can hear uh, that playlist. As soon as the interview is over, um, and yeah, I'm super stoked to be joined um, now through the radio station phone line by Brady from Abstain. Brady, how you doing today? Dude, I'm I'm cool, man. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. Dude, no doubt. I uh, I saw I saw Abstain. Well, my friends in in time had talked about Abstain before, and I'd listened to you guys. But I saw you at the C4, C47 show with uh, In Time and Ceramic. Um, yeah. Can't remember who else played, but you guys played. And um, yeah, your set was so good, man, and just blew me away. And you're a great front man. And it just, yeah, I was super hyped um, to watch you guys. And so I wanted to have you on the show for sure. Well, awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, that, that show was cool. Um I've known Brad, Brad, he's kind of like the sole proprietor for anyone who doesn't know. He's like the sole proprietor of like high desert hardcore and has been for a really long time. And it was really awesome when he asked us to play up there. And I mean, yeah, that show was just really cool. Kind of being able to play a good show when you're driving up and you're like, dang, this is the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then you can just go and like the show's pretty sweet and like everyone there is awesome. And yeah, like the in time dudes are the best. Like I love those guys so much. And, um, yeah, not really much else to say about that show, dude. It rocked. Yeah, for sure. Shout, <laughs> out, shout out to Brad. Brad's the man. Um, shout out to shout the out High to Desert. Um, but, yeah, where are, you call, where are you calling in from right now? I'm calling from my home in San Diego. Yeah. A little no. bit, like, like, middle of the city, coastal. It's awesome, man. This place rules. Okay, cool. So you live in, like, San Diego proper, like the city of yes. San Diego? born and raised in san diego proper nice that's what's up man um are you a san diego padres fan i i am a padres fan i guess it's just like i'm i'm just i'm kind of filled with hometown pride got you even like just like regardless i've never been like the biggest sports person but let's just say i was really happy what made me really happy was when the Padres beat the Dodgers. <laughs> that that capped my year. In terms of sports, like I'm again, I'm not a huge sports fan, but just knowing that that happened was awesome. I can die happy now. Oh, <laughs> uh, I figured that was coming. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, I'm a longtime diehard Dodgers fan. Um, I liked the Padres in the '90s; they were awesome. Um, and yeah, dude, yeah, was- I mean. That was it. That was I was I, I had nothing but respect for the Padres knocking the Dodgers out of the playoffs, man. I mean, they earned it. They beat us. They earned it. They played hard. They got mm-hmm. a cool squad. Like, yeah. And yeah. Petco Park is a really, really awesome stadium, too. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been I haven't been in a super long time. I've been I've been kind of meaning to go to a game. But yeah, 
like going there. I think it was it opened right around the time I was like born or in elementary school. And yeah, it's yeah, that's it's a really, really cool stadium. And just like kind of hanging out in that part of town is really cool, too. Yeah. What's it called down there? Is it the gas gas light? Or yeah. Gas lamp district. In, in, it's in between um, this place called the gas lamp district, which has kind of always been like this historic um, kind of area in San Diego. It's right by like this huge like museum that's on like an aircraft carrier it's by um it's by petco park it's by this place called seaport village which i used to always go as a kid and you can like go and get ice cream and walk on the boardwalk it's right in between that and then this place called the east village which is kind of like a lot of people would say it's the skid row of san diego but it's like a very it's a very high like unhoused population you know a lot of people that's kind of where they post up that's where they lived and, um, yeah, that area is, like, slowly becoming, like, a little bit better. It's gentrified. They're bringing high-rise buildings into that area. So it kind of almost brings together. And I know Petco had a lot involved with that. But, yeah, that area, the place where Petco Park used to be used to be a lot different before it came there. And now it's, like, a place where you can go and, you know, go to a lot of cool bars if you do that. You can go eat some cool food. There's cool, like, sneaker stores and stuff where you can buy, like, a $700 pair of shoes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, right on, man. Well, well, San Diego is home of one of my favorite radio stations of all time. Um, it's an AM radio station called the Mightier 1090. It used to be called the Mighty 1090, um, mm -hmm. and I still listen to it every single day because I'm I'm a nerd and I like listening to talk radio and sports talk radio especially. So I wanted to ask you if you've ever been a radio listener. I I remember. Um... I remember when I was um, when I was a kid, I used to listen to the radio a lot. Um, I think three stations. Well, nine three three was like when I was a kid and like in like middle school and stuff. That was like the pop radio station in San Diego, like pop music, like straight up popular music. And then there was two. Um, there was two big. Um, rock stations which i remember which were 949 and 91x 91.1 fm radio which were like kind of cool they used to like throw shows too i remember as a kid going to this kind of like holiday show where it was like an insanely long gig of like <laughs> a bunch of cool like rock bands that were popping and like when was that like 2011 2012 2013 so like I went to a show, I saw, like, Cage the Elephant, Alt-J, Vance Joy, Interpol, like, all in the same show. Awesome. And it was, yeah, it was cool. I remember as a kid, I fell asleep, but um, it was really cool. <laughs> and I really bummed out my mom, because she really wanted to see all those bands, and I passed out. It happens, man, you know, especially mm -hmm. at those, it was probably out, or maybe it wasn't outdoors, especially at those long, long days yeah. of, of shows, it, was, it can get it like was that. Indoor. It was at, um, it was at. What is now called Pechanga Arena, which is the big um, casino in San Diego proper. It's like ten minutes away from my house. That's like the big arena that they throw all the like huge like when um, Justin Bieber or like I think when like Sid is going on tour and she's gonna play there. It's that spot. Got you. So yeah, I could have probably fallen asleep at Sound and Fury this year at one point. My buddy did. <laughs> so. Um, it was so what, hot and I was so dirty and sweaty from moshing and everything. It was just like, I probably could have found a shady spot and fell asleep. 
one of my bandmates, not from Abstain, from an, from another band. Um, he there's a picture of him. Well, he's he's kind of notorious for for being able to sleep whenever, and like he can turn it on and turn it off. Like we'll be in the studio and he'll like fall asleep, and then he wakes up. We like wake up, and then he like goes in and records a vocal take and nails it. Like he's just kind of a freak of nature in that way. Where he, he told me saw. At Balance and Composure's last LA show, he was there and he slept on the floor. And then Balance and Composure came on and he woke up. That's epic, dude. I wish I could do that. Uh, me too. But yeah, he was asleep. And I can understand why people slept. I saw a lot of people sleeping in Sound of Fury. That's for sure. For sure, man. Um, well, yeah, it's cool. I think everybody has some sort of radio his- radio in their history, even if it was brief or whatever. But um, yeah, uh-huh. I'm, happy to, I'm happy to still do this show live on the radio. Um and uh, thanks again for for coming on. I appreciate it, um, dude. This is so this is so cool. Like I I can like you know I feel like it's it's really cool that people are like still doing radio, especially in like kind of like the format of like talking to a hardcore band on the radio. Like I feel like <laughs> yeah. that's that that's something that like is so old school it's like so nostalgic to me of like what i've heard about like college radio in the 90s and how that was like really pivotal and bringing a lot of bands into the limelight and like what you're doing what you're doing is cool especially in the era of like everyone has a podcast it, like the podcast world is so oversaturated and there's so much like stuff to sift through there's like at least like five or six really doing good things, hardcore podcasts that I can name off the top of my head but that you could spend like eight hours a week listening to. So for this to still yeah. happen on the radio, awesome, dude. It's really cool. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I know like the hardcore podcast world is huge. There's so many. I feel like I'm seeing mm-hmm. a new one every week. So I they're kinda... all good. Yeah, they're That's great. The like I can't, I can't really think of like one where I've watched and like all of them kind of talk about have like their different nuance to them and, you know, for people like us, like that's really easy to pick up on. I bet someone who's kind of like not really into hardcore would be like, "Well, what the heck? They're all talking about the same thing." Like, <laughs> They'd be lost for sure. <laughs> one thing, but for us, but for us, it's really cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think all the hardcore podcasts are awesome. I think what I, what I try and do is like, yeah, we got the live radio element, so it's only one hour. It's unedited. It's like live and uncut, and it's about like you and your band or you and what you're doing, and less about my opinions about hardcore and all that stuff, you know, it's more about just like, I like this band or this band hit me up or whatever. Let's get them on the air and let's record an episode and, and let's yeah. do it, you know? Well, cool, man. I'm happy to do it. This is awesome. For sure. So you said you're San Diego born and raised. Um, I grew up in Corona, which is like pretty north okay. of San Diego, but just up to 15. Uh-huh. Um, so I, you know, I we would just like get on the 15 South and, you know, went to, um, played a lot, played a lot of baseball down there. Um, I used mm-hmm. to work down there on Coronado Island, like doing baseball tournaments at that little field right over the bridge. Um, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I spent some time in San Diego. A uh, quick shout out to my boy, Tony from Bent Blue. Um, I know oh, that, he's the you best. Know, yeah. Yeah. Bertolino. Yeah, Tony Bertolino, man. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so so you've been uh, born and raised San Diego your whole life, right? Yes. Yeah, I've kind of lived, I've lived in two different houses and they were both a five minute drive. So I'm like really, I'm really native to like kind of one, 
specific part of sin. Yeah, I'm 100% 619. That's right. California forever, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, All right. So can you tell us uh, what what you do in Abstain and uh, who the other members of the band are? Okay. So um, I sing. I sing in Abstain. And then we got kind of like it started with it was me and then my friend Dorian. and He played lead guitar. And then we recruited Michael, who plays the bass. And then we recruited Dylan, who's our drummer. And then most recently, um, as, an, as an official member, he's been playing with us for a little bit. But as an official member, we recruited Jorge, who's on second guitar. So we ca- we finally got like a lineup that's full and isn't wishy-washy and that's awesome yeah that's all of us dude yeah that's awesome glad that you that's awesome to have it like locked in like that Mm -hmm. and and uh and you're in it you're in a couple other bands or one other band at least right yeah i'm in um i'm in one other band that's playing and has been playing for a while that band's called glean i'm a drum i play drums and then I'm involved in this other band. We have shows lined up, but we haven't played anything. And I'm drumming in that band too. It's called Hereditary. Glean is like a Glean is like I don't know, like a in like a like a rock, like just a rock band. Especially at this point, like the newer stuff we're doing is like we're just like a rock band. And then Hereditary is just kind of like it just reminds me of like early 2010s hardcore, really simple, fun stuff. Dude, 2010s hardcore was a great time. Um. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of for me when I was just kind of like bubbling and still figuring and still like kind of figuring out what it was. That's what I was introduced to. Yeah, that's like what's that. up. I uh, I interviewed uh, Grady and and uh, Dante and Johnny from Anxious. So this is like two years ago. It was like over two years ago. I interviewed them. And uh, they were talking about Glean, and I hadn't heard of you guys before. And and I listened to whatever your first release was uh, after interviewing those guys. And I love Glean, man. Glean is oh, a, thank you. yeah, that Glean rocks for sure. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Anxious. We just played a couple shows with them. Those three people that you mentioned are they're awesome, dude. They're so great, and they've been like they've been like just so supportive, and they're just they're just cool. I remember I met I met Grady and Dante on um, on Anxious's first full U.S. tour. And it's like crazy and like, you know, they were putting in work and they were playing like a really small show at the Che that tour and then they're going to like selling out program in like a day and a half. Like that that stuff's so cool. That <laughs> band, like it's so crazy, like kind of where that band has gone and where they're still going, man. They're they work so hard. So, yeah, yeah, no, totally, uh, man. I, I agree. True. Dude, for sure. I saw them. Um, I got into them because that seven, the first. Uh, well, I loved their demo, and then the seven inch they put out, and then, um, yeah, I just like loved. I love Never Better, and um, and I hit mm-hmm. them up for an interview, and and uh, it was it was pretty short, like right after the pandemic started, I think. And um, you know, at that time they were like still in the process of recording their rec their LP, I think. Uh, or maybe yeah. hadn't even started yet, and so yeah, same to like see them now and all the tours and everything. It's it's so awesome. It's, it's really 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 awesome. Um, sick dude. So abstain dropped a new EP this year, um, which I've been listening to this week, and it's freaking amazing, dude. Um, it's I appreciate so that. Good. <laughs> yeah, Infirm of Purpose uh, is the EP came out on War Records. Um, like mm-hmm. it came it came out like in the summertime, right? Came out in June, like mid. 
Okay, sick. And so, uh, yeah, can you just like if if uh, if you have any merch available, or um, if there's any like physical uh, copies of the EP or anything like that where people can find your stuff? I know War Records was selling them when it came out on their site. They were selling the press, the vinyl. I don't think we have any other physical copies. Just just twelve inches, like a one sided twelve inch EP. And they were selling those on their website. I don't know if they're still there, but right now we only just have merchant shows, man. So if you want, if you want a rep, you gotta come. You gotta come experience it, man. And I kind of, I kind of like it that way too. It's like kind of like a little. It's a little like elusive, in a sense, where it's just like not like, I don't know. We just like keeping it, keeping it small, keeping it for San Diego, keeping it for where we play for SoCal, and it's like. We love seeing people rep it. So yeah, come to the show, grab a shirt, grab a record, Mosh. rock out. <laughs> yeah, Mosh hard. Be ignorant <laughs> for sure. Um, so, is there anything um, like currently happening with Abstain um, that you care to share about? Like any uh, shows coming up or anything like that? Well, we play. Um, I'm glad you asked that. We play tomorrow. If you're in San, or actually wherever you are, you got. You got two options of shows, all right? You got the show that's going on in at the midnight hour, the For the Children pre-show. And you have the show that's happening in San Diego with Abstain, Mongrel, Death Metal Rippers from San Diego, King Nine. Everyone knows King Nine. And Take Offense. Everyone knows Take Offense. So, yeah, that's going on tomorrow. So if you're not going to, um, if you're not going to the midnight hour, you better be here or else. Yeah, that's really cool. And then we have a show coming up on, ooh, I believe it's the 26th of January with Candy and Bib. And then that show's also with, we are kind of like sandwiched in between a, a couple locals. We're playing with a San Diego band called Close Down as well, which is really great because their guitar player um, just um, is in recovery for cancer. And, um, yeah, Chris, they got diagnosed with cancer, so it's one of their first shows back, so that's going to be really, really awesome. And then that band I was telling you about, Hereditary, it's their first show as well. So yeah, we have a show tomorrow, we have a show in January, and then the rest you'll just have to wait and see. That's right. Yeah, that's killer that um, that that person is able to, to come out and play that candy show. What a, what a great show to be able to come back and, and play at. Yeah, it rocks. They're... Um, they're mostly, um, that's like Dylan, our drummer, that's been one of his friends for a really, really long time. They've been in, I think, at least one band together, maybe more. But yeah, it's just awesome that everything was able to come together. And like that show's just going to rock so hard. Dude, and what is what is stacked lineup for tomorrow too? Are you hyped to play with Take, with Take Offense? I'm really, I'm really excited. Yeah, T.O. T.O. is awesome. Ricky and Greg... Um, the guitar players of Take Offense have kind of the place where that show is going on. They kind of volunteered and like brought that spot into the limelight after, after kind of after when shows started happening again after the lockdown, and that's been really awesome because it's been cool to have a place that you know like a little bigger than the Che Cafe. It's all ages, and it's like maybe a little bit more like. I don't know how to put this. It, you could just, you could do a little bit more. You have a little bit more wiggle room. There might be a little bit more money behind it. So like a band that's flying all the way across, you know, the country, 
maybe like more likely to like play a show there and maybe they can be like supported a little more. Yeah. So that spot is really, really awesome. So yeah, Rebrew Spirits is the joint and um, that's all Ricky and Greg from Take Offense. They're kind of, they are the people that, that do that. And they've been throwing so many killer shows. They, um, they threw, I think the first show they threw there was a T.O. headliner in the beginning of 2021. Um, Abstain was lucky enough to play a show there with Misery as like kind of like a comeback reunion thing. Um, Tsunami played there, I think in like late spring, so around May. There's that going on, and then this show's coming up tomorrow, and then after that, Tsunami's playing there again in February, and it's just like, that spot's just so, so sick. So yes, I'm so excited to play with T.O., and I'm so excited that it gets to happen at Reaper Spirits because of those two dudes. They're the best. For sure, yeah. I imagine as like a San Diego band to be able to, you know, it's almost like as a San Diego band, you got to get like at least one show under your belt with Take Offense, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I, that's, that's a little, that's kind of mandatory. Yeah, they're like... Yeah. When I, think of, like, when I think of like the bands in the like in primarily in the 21st century that have been really doing it out of San Diego that are hardcore bands, T.O. is num is number one. And like I, I know tons of other bands like that were doing it, but it's kind of like inarguable to say that they are just like number one. Like they've been at it for so long. They're still doing it. They're still touring. You know, they're still playing like crazy, crazy tours. They're still pulling, putting out really good records. And they're still like true themselves and true their sounds and repping SD. And that rocks, man. So, yeah, Dude. shout out to Take Offense. Yeah, shout out to Take Offense. I'm excited to see them this weekend. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. like another connection I had to San Diego, kind of. Well, I mean, I used to go down to the Che all the time. Uh -huh. I think uh, I saw, God, I'm trying to think, like the last show I saw at Che before I kind of like, you know, my life took a different route was I saw a ceremony and I don't know. I know I saw ceremony at Che in like 2006 or something. And, um, I saw verse there. Um, I just mm -hmm. got, I get like down to nothing. Like I've seen the Che was such an epic spot, man. Like, cause bands mm -hmm. would come through and play the showcase theater and they'd usually do Che right after that. So we'd like see him and at showcase and then, mob down to Che and, and see him there. Just a legendary spot for hardcore for sure. No, yeah, the Che the Che is like that's where I when it turn when it comes to like I I don't know like how a lot of people put it, but I guess you could call it like quote unquote real hardcore shows. That's where that's kind of where it all began. For me at least and probably for I would say ninety percent of people in San Diego was the Che. I know a little bit like Maybe about like a year or so before I was like going to shows really heavy there, it was closed and like people were occupying it and having to do all this stuff to kind of keep it up and keep it alive. But now it's alive. It's back. It's doing it's going. It's, you know, COVID has, of course, slowed things down for it. But like we like that venue's picking up. It's going to get like that candy show I was talking to you about just happened there. There was a show with Spy that happened there that was absolutely – it was awesome. I saw so many kids there that I've never seen before. Yeah, it's like, great. Yeah, the Che, the che is, is legendary, and yeah, I hope it. I hope it's not going anywhere anytime soon. For sure. Um, yeah, and you guys have played some killer shows this year, man. Um, played with Broken Vow, uh, Spy, Warn. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what what's been your favorite show that you've played so far this year? That's that is it's a it's a hard that's a hard answer because a lot of those people those are my friends, but um I I um man I'll probably have to go with um I'll maybe do like a couple different answers I think the first abstain set where I really played that I felt like all right this feels good now because I don't know if other people have experienced this and like I feel like with some other bands I've been in, I didn't experience this, but with Abstain, it's like the first couple shows we played. It's like, we all kind of were like under the impression, like, mm, like this is like cool, but we haven't like locked in. We haven't like synced up and like rocked as a band yet. And then we played that show with misery and it ruled like kids were moving. People knew the words. Um, the, the second record hadn't even come out yet. We were just rocking the demo. That was the first time, it was the first time we, like, I know, I guess, like, people, like, it's, like, part of our thing now, but we cover um, Not One Truth by Hatebreed, and um, that was the first time we did that, and it popped off. It was super, super fun. Um, so, yeah, the Misery show was probably, that was, like, the first abstain show where I felt like, this is really cool. This is, like, beyond just, like, a band I'm doing, this is, like, this is like a thing like this is sick but i think the best set we ever played in terms of like reaction and in terms of like how i felt personally was probably with broken ballot program like the reaction was just so crazy like so many people were there like moshing and like singing along and just like having a good time that i just had like had never had never really seen like doing that before to my band and then <laughs> I later saw them again and they were still doing that. And like, so that was awesome. So yeah, I'll put, I'll put two up there. Those, those ones rocked really hard. Dude, that's what's up. Um, and so I think you said like reunion kind of like abstain came back or maybe I misunderstood, but just kind of wanted to know like how and when exactly did abstain form as a band? I think, I think in terms of the reunion I was talking about, I think I was talking about misery. Okay. Okay. Got you. Misery hadn't played a show in a long time and they kind of came back to san diego to rock and um we played a show but yeah abstain okay the forming of abstain starts in around 2019 where it's like me and dorian sitting in a room and dorian kind of asked me he's like dorian's the the guitar player in case anyone missed that and um dorian asked me he's like yo you want to be in like a band that sounds like unbroken and i never really like listened to unbroken at the time and he was like, all right, this is unbroken. And I'm weird with music. A lot of times when I first hear something, I'm like, nah. And I completely tuned it out. And then I revisit it again in like a couple weeks. And I'm like, this is the best thing ever. So I did exactly that with Unbroken. And I'm like, yeah, we have to make a band that sounds like that. And then we kind of had the idea. We threw some riffs around. Um, COVID hit. And then right when that happened, it, well, not right when that happened, around like, june july 2020 i'm like all right let's for real write some songs like we got songs we're good let's go into the studio let's get this tracks and let's play and then we do that throughout 2020 into 2021 around july of 2021 we record our demo and after it was recorded we're like all right, the mixing is, you know, mixing takes time, of course. So we're like, 
kind of went and doing the mixing process, and then we're like, let's put it out on Edge Day, October 17th, 2021. That's awesome. And so I kind of I put it up on Bandcamp like maybe a couple weeks before and was just like sharing it to my like people I knew and stuff, and then we kind of announced it on Edge Day 2021. And then um, at the time, it was just me, Dorian, and the bass player, Michael, were like the members of Abstain. And then the day after the demo comes out, I get an email saying, or like a like a like a Bandcamp message, and I'm like, it's like, yo, this is Andrew from Strife, and I was like, what? No way! <laughs> <laughs> and and like, and then I, um, and then he's like, are you guys ready to play a show? And I'm like, of course, I'm just gonna say yes. I I mean like. At the time, like I think I lied. I have to, I have to real lied because we did not have a drummer, and I was like, <laughs> and, awesome. I was like and I was like, yeah, we're we're ready. Like we'll be ready. I kind of said like we'll be ready in like a month, and he's like, all right, can you guys play a show at Program this Friday? Dang. And I was like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, uh, and then I'm I'm texting Dylan because Dylan we had talked, and I'm like, yo, I'm in this like edge, straight edge, like metalcore, hardcore thing, and he's like, yeah. I'll I'll do it I guess, and um, and then he um, he just kind of I'm just kind of like yo please like we have this show coming up and we like we get together we jam a couple times we and then that ended up being our first show that Friday we played with um, we played with Change was the headliner Berthold City Headcount from San Diego, and I think and I think it was I might be mistaken but I think it was only those three bands and then we opened it and yeah. That was our that was our first show. So kind of it, it like was really slow for a long time, and then it all happened really fast. We Dude. booked like another right <laughs> after that. That's how it goes normally. Yeah, that's awesome. So how long was it from the from the uh, Andrew Klein email until the show? Like that you had to get the drums dialed in and practice and then play. Three days. <laughs> that's so sick. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like three days. It was um it was um. Yeah, it was a scramble. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say it lightly. It was a scramble for sure. But um yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we were able to do it. Like we we pulled it off and that's kind of that's that's all that matters. We we went up there and we got together and we played the songs. For sure, man. That's what's up. Um everyone listening on radio, we're talking to uh Brady of abstain san what's diego up? straight edge band. Yeah, what's up? What's um, up? And thanks for all the uh Streaming listeners, uh, thanks for listening. And I, I missed this, so I want to jump back real quick um, to the Rock Block. You guys made a killer playlist that all the radio listeners you heard um, right before the interview. And streaming listeners, you'll hear that as soon as the interview ends. But um, yeah, if you don't, if you want to share just a little bit about um, what you put on, what you guys put on that playlist. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked because like that was the thing is I was like, well, we could. Well, I'll start with this. I'm really terrible. I do a lot of, me and Dorian primarily do like a lot of the songwriting for Abstain. And I feel like me especially, him to some degree, but I'm horrible at being succinct with influences. If something influences me, I pick up on it. It stays in my brain. I replicate it, but I don't know where it came from. Yeah. I'm, it just, it's, it's completely lost on me. So... Yeah, I was like, we could make a playlist that's kind of like the sound of Abstain. But then I was like, eh, I feel like it would I would spend so long and I wouldn't be able to like be representative enough. 
So I was just like, what are you guys listening to? And we all kind of like, like at the end, I put like a Pink Pantherist, like total like pop tune on there. And like, that's all me. And like Dorian was like, gave a list of songs and I saw the Sunday song was on there. And I'm like, oh, my girlfriend likes this song. So I put that song on the playlist. Um, I think um, Dylan put a song by Haircut 100, which is just, they're so, so sick. Yeah. That's like a band mom really likes. And me and Dylan kind of bonded over them. And then Jorge, Jorge and Michael like put what they liked. And then at the end, I'm like, all right, we got a little bit of time. So I'll put an Unbroken song on there. Because I think that last song on the playlist, Final Expression, um, that was, that's the one. If if you could attribute abstain to one song, it would be that one. Like if there was if there was a way to do it in one kind of felt swoop, it would be that song for sure. We covered that song the second show we ever played, which is cool. And that's just like like that was San Diego Straight Edge for so long. And yeah. like we're trying to kind of embody like what San Diego Straight Edge is now. So Dude, totally. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I always love um, listening to the playlist that bands make because it's always so, it's usually pretty diverse and, and I love when it's not just hardcore. So I love the playlist. A radio listener texted me and said that the Sundays put out two of the most important records of his entire life. <laughs> so I was like, oh. I was like really surprised at that, but it was really cool. That's super cool. Yeah, that's just like that song in particular, like that's like a song like, if I'm chilling in the car, like me and my girlfriend were like going somewhere and I like, she's like, give me your phone. I'm trying to play a song and I, and like, and I give her, and that song comes on. I'm like, this song's, this song's cool. And then I'm like, Dorian put that song on there. I'm like, it can't be the same. And it was the same. So I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Um, so yeah, we'll get back into abstain. Um, so the new EP, um, infirm of purpose that came out over the summer, like I said, it's, yeah. So good. Um, I love I love the Epstein demo as well. Um, uh, yeah, you guys definitely have that sound. You definitely have that unbroken sound. Uh, you got killer vocals, man, for sure. Well, um, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, on the record and live too. Um, having it, I just love like being able to see a band and like I, you know I listened to Epstein a little bit, but not knowing too much about you guys, and then seeing you live and being like this band is so sick, you know, <laughs> like, cause that happens a lot. I'll just go to a show and I'll see a band I've never heard too much of. And then I'm like, dude, this band is so sick. And then like get them on the show and start listening to their music and sharing it with other people. So, um, for the, I think for the kind of music we do, like that's kind of, in my opinion, that's kind of how it has to be. Yeah. Like, I think like hardcore has such a strong live element. Like, if you go and you like, if you go and you listen to like a band and then you really love their music and then you watch them live and they suck, it completely kills everything. Like, yep, it's happened of, many times to me. <laughs> yeah, it's happened many times to me too. Like, it completely kills my vibe. And I'm just like, it's kind of like, dang, like, you really got to have that live element. And it's like, a lot of times, like, a lot of times that element is just like, the crowd you know i don't think abstain is i don't think abstain is that band necessarily like we're thinking all right we got to go up on stage and we got to rock it because you know no matter how many people are like moshing because even if there's if there's no one moshing the set still has to rock that's right then people come back and then they listen to the record and then they mosh so it's like 
yeah, I think the live that live element is just so important. Like it's it's absolutely undeniable. So yeah, we I appreciate you saying that. Like the live element is what brought you in because if I think if it was like any other way, it would be I don't know. That's not the way, dude. <laughs> no, I agree, man. I agree. It's it's uh, there's no other genre nowhere else in the world where you can pay ten bucks and go into a room and be you know, face to face with someone singing the words to your favorite song, who's willingly and, giving and you leave the mic. You leave with a broken nose. You leave. You <laughs> leave a little torn and tattered. You leave being like, "What just happened?" <laughs> it's over. You're like, you know what? I can remember like maybe two weeks ago, but you're like, "That's the best thing. That's the best thing ever." <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, how was the uh, how was the process of like writing and recording um, the EP? Went out in in October of October of twenty twelve. I lived in Chicago for like a month and a half, and I was kind of like, "All right, you know, I'm not going to be able to jam with my buddies." I like we had to say no to like some shows, which of course was kind of was like kind of hard, but like it was of course it was trade off. I was like willing to make for the time in chicago for a little bit and all i had is i bought um like an audio interface and a lap and like plugged it into my laptop and i had i bummed um i was staying with my girlfriend and i bummed like her roommate's guitar and wrote a good i think i wrote i wrote like probably 70 percent of that kind of record while i was in chicago over like that period so like Faced with a choice, I wrote that song in full. Um, it was Faced with a Choice, and then the last song on the record, Reckoning, I just kind of wrote. And then I'm like, all right, this is definitely going on the new Abstain EP. And we didn't really know if it was going to be like an EP or what it was going to be. And then I kind of came back, and we had like an old, like a song that we wrote for the demo, but then we're like, now nah, we're going to save this. And that song ended up being Lethal Dose. Um right like two weeks and then you know i was talking to talking to andrew about it and andrew um hooked and andrew was like yo you guys should record with nick nick jet yeah and i was like amazing like he's he's you know he's like recorded and like worked with so many people that it's like so cool he's done i think all of the take offense records if not a large majority of them he's done records with backtrack down to nothing rotting out like like and it was like, that was like a really cool opportunity. We had the studio time booked and then we're like, all right, we got to finish this. And then we wrote, um, we took dual allegiance from the demo and then we wrote straight edge him. The first song on the record, like right before the studio. And then we go in and it was just like, the studio was like super streamlined. We weren't really messing with the songs. Nick was kind of helping us and he was like bringing his element and like, kind of trying to make the songs like catchy because like hardcore even though it's like riff driven and i guess it's like kind of like anti mainstream anti like main pop culture like you got to write a good song that's right you and do he, for sure it's a great point and he was kind of like and he was kind of like helping in that process even just a little bit but the little bit like made like even he's like yo make this a chant vocal instead of this and like that kind of thing like can completely like make a song like so much better and so yeah we um 
we just like went in and recorded with him and then it was kind of like moving fast he got us like the mixes back really fast we're like cool let's rock with it and then andrew um even within covid he was able to get he was able to get the vinyl made really quick and he's like yeah once the vinyl's ready like let's put it out so it was all honestly like a pretty quick process it was i wrote i wrote those songs and then i'm like we got this idea boom 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 we're like we're rolling through this so yeah that's that's how infirm of purpose happened it all happened pretty fast and yeah here it is that's awesome that's awesome so Mm -hmm. so you kind of had the link with with andrew from war from him like hearing your demo and hitting you up to play a show initially right yeah that was that's so cool man that was basically, yeah, that was like basically how it went down. He was like, it's like a, can you play the show? And then we said, yes. And then he's like, cool. Um, also, if you need someone, if, if you're trying to put out the demo and do some other stuff, let me know. Like, that's exactly how it went down. It was super like easy, no fuss, no nothing. And yeah, Andrew's been, he's been, he's been a really huge help. He's been a, a help, a big help in um, a lot of what we've been doing. He's been, he's been really helpful given a lot of insight, given us a platform to even like make, this is actually abstain, even though Glean's been a band for a little bit, this is like the first 12 inch record I've ever made. So like, this is really cool. Like, and that wouldn't be possible without Andrew. And I'm thankful for that, man. Dude, no doubt. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool that you recorded with Nick Jet, man. I, I didn't, I, I didn't realize that. Um, he'll be playing, I think with internal affairs on Saturday and I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the Internal Affairs reunion because it was a band I saw a lot when I was getting into yeah. hardcore and younger. And, yeah, that's, um, Internal Affairs coming back is a pretty big deal. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, in terms of like straight edge hardcore in Southern California, like dude, hundred percent, man. Get it, man. Yeah, I interviewed Corey, uh, the uh, singer of Internal Affairs. I think it was last year. And we were talking, and he was like, "Yep, there's no like we're open to uh, internal affairs reunion, so you know, don't don't count us out. There's you know, it it could and maybe will happen." And then the uh, four the children lineup dropped, and I texted him, and he's like, "Dude, I've been waiting to tell you like we've had to like keep it under wraps." And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'm super excited, man. I haven't seen that band in a long time." And yeah, like you said, Southern California straight edge hardcore internal affairs hey. definitely had definitely made their mark. All I got to say is the future comes sooner than you think. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, yep. All right. Well, we, yeah, we're, we're talking to Brady from Abstain out of San Diego. Um, we're on KZAA 96.5 FM. If you just, if you just tuned in, um, this episode will be streaming uh, in a little while later this evening, wherever you listen to or stream music. Um, and um, all right. So I'm going to transition into a fan favorite segment. I started doing, I did this segment, um, I can't even remember who I did it with first, but I can't remember, but it became like a thing that people that listen to the show really like. Um, so I wanted to ask you if I, I've seen you mosh, so I know you're a mosher. Um, do you, I dabble. Yeah. Do you have a favorite I'm, mosh I'm move? A little, that's the thing is if I was, maybe if I, maybe like, I'm only like disclaimer, I'm only, I know we may sound like a big boy band, but I, I only weigh like, I lay less, less than 170 pounds. So you're tall though, like, man. I, I know I got the length, I, I got the length, but I don't have the, the strange word, but the girth to support <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, but okay. So but, do you have a favorite mosh move? 
I think for me, oh gosh, I don't know. I was, I remember pre-COVID, I was known for throwing cartwheels. Okay. In the pit, but not like, not like a cartwheel in the middle, like contact cartwheels. Like I would just cartwheels. Like, like real deal cartwheels. I didn't do cartwheels to land on my feet. I did cartwheels to kick someone in the face. And like, that was like, I, that kind of became like, everybody would always be like, yo, are you going to throw a cartwheel? Are you going to throw a cartwheel? And I was like, I don't know. And then I'd always do it. But ever since then, I've been kind of, um, okay. Um, this is a hot take, but, um, everyone at some point in their life, if you're a real mosher, you practice not at a show you know you get in your living room you move all the breakable furniture you put your headphones on you put a headband over so the headphones don't fall off (laughs) and when your mom's not home you're moshing in the living room dude you're putting out whatever it is and that you're doing and you're moshing in the living room so yeah especially when you first start learning how to two-step because it's like something that you got to get you got to get it locked in you know the two-step i know for for a lot of people that is um that's a pretty significant roadblock not I'm not trying to, it wasn't that way for me. I feel like once I kind of got the gist of like, okay, cross foot, step, jump, bounce thing. Once you got it, you got it. Once you got it, you got it. It's like riding a bike. Two-stepping is riding a bike. And I think there's a lot of, two-stepping is one of the cool things where the timing of when you do it in the song, how you do it, where you do it can really like bring, that could be a lot of your own style. Yep. But yeah, but everybody, but I think the vast majority of people have practiced moshing, so there's no shame. So yeah, the spin kick for me is that's been something I've been working on for sure. Spin kicking is really cool. Um, yeah, but I've been yeah, I don't know. Most of my moshing now occurs on stage while I'm playing because um, I don't know why. I I, I got to change that, but yeah, most of my moshing now occurs. <laughs> occurs like while i play it's good I, I can't but i can't be too crazy because like i don't think jorge or michael would be really stoked if i just kind of like laid them out yeah mid set it's like i can i gotta bring the energy but i can't you know i don't want to put my bandmates at risk yeah no i hear you that, you can't you so can't yeah, just say, you, you can't just go timmy no justice all the time you know you gotta you gotta like keep yeah. it under control <laughs> I think, um, I think, um, I think, so I think for, for the sake of my history, my mosh history, I'm going to save the cartwheel. I'll honestly probably be throwing some of those, um, tomorrow. Dude, the contact um, cartwheel, man. That's, uh, I feel like every time I do this segment, a new, a new title of a mosh move comes out and it's like a mosh move. Yeah, there's no, there's no, like the vocabulary, like (laughs) hardcore vocabulary is very regionally and honestly friend group driven. I remember I've been. I've been talking to like a couple of my like a couple of like my friends like or like a new friend or like I'm just kind of like in a conversation with a group of people that I've never really like talked to about about or uh, talked to at all and just the way they talk about moshing I'm just like what are you talking about there's no way that you say like that you say that for real there's no <laughs> way but yeah it varies so, yeah. yeah it's uh I don't know. No, for sure. I uh, I like the contact car wheel. I've seen people execute it very well, and it's definitely it's definitely a cool mosh move. And I definitely agree with what you're saying about reach because I interviewed this new band um, out of Indiana called Full Stride. 
Um, okay. Yeah, they rule. They're really, really sick band, kind of like mental sounding band. And I found their demo. Hell yeah. Yeah, that found their demo that. and loved them. Yeah. Um, and we got into like a deep mosh segment and they were like saying some stuff about side to sides and stuff. And it's like the same stuff that we do, but I'm just like, whoa, I don't think I've ever heard that before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan. I'm honestly, I'm like very open-minded. I know there's been a lot of like the whole TikTok wave right now is to like, or like to hate on like any kind. I love all moshing. I think all moshing is fun. I love like, when people are going to like, I don't know, some sort of like indie show and they're like pogoing and doing like the push mosh. I love doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Dude. Like, I think all, I think all moshing is super fun. So it's like favorite mosh move for me is just like having fun. Honestly, I'm changing my answer. My favorite mosh move for me is like dancing or like doing my, doing my, I got this little thing that I do like in the pit where I just kind of like dance and like jump around and like be silly and goofy. And that's probably my favorite thing to do. Cause it's just like, I don't know. It's just unapologetically me. I think that's the coolest thing about moshing is like, I see so many people and I'm like, their style is cool because they're doing it. You know, I guess it's like, of course, everybody emulates somebody, something like everybody is a culmination of their influences and what they're surrounded by. But um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I feel like my, the pit is like a place for you to demonstrate your style, whatever, literally whatever that is. Like, I'm honestly like cool with and cool, like with any moshing. I'm really like, I'm really just like cool about it. Just like, dude, be yourself. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. That's what's up. Um, all right. So we've got about like 12 minutes left. Um, so I just okay. want to, I just want to give you a, uh, I know the time flies, man. I appreciate you yeah, calling yeah. in. Um, we've been, been talking for like 10 minutes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that means we're having a good combo, man. Um, yeah. so, uh, I just want to give you some props. You're an amazing lyricist. Um, I, I mean, I'm guessing maybe I should yeah, assume I, I, that I you write the lyrics. Um, I think. I, yeah, I write all of them. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, you're, you're a great lyricist. Um, I, I've been in recovery from heroin addiction for like over seven years. So like I, I, I'm not straight edge, but like I, I understand, um, being abstinent from drugs and alcohol and I, well, under- awesome, man. awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And I understand like the effect that that has on other people. Um, uh, I know that my, you know, the way that I chose to live my life for a period of time, you know, once I got sober and looked back on that and made amends and, all that stuff to realize, you know, what, what that did to other people. And on that song, uh, lethal dose, um, I kind of just, I don't know. I I was listening to it, reading the lyrics and it kind of just made me think about that. Like just Mm -hmm. kind of about like, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what you were writing about in that song, but it made me think about kind of just like, Mm -hmm. you know, the pain that, that, um, substance abuse or, or anything like that can cause like not only the person going through it, but, the people who are who are left to like watch that person and and be affected by that person mm-hmm. um and so yeah i just really love that song and i really love the lyrics and if you just wanted to share any 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 inspiration you have in writing um any songs or 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 in that song specifically well, yeah i think we can we can start with that song so that song was written about um a coworker of mine who i was um it, it was like it was a really tough experience because I remember talking to him and, you know, 
we had like many conversations. He was like, he was in a relationship with another coworker. And then, um, you know, there was like one day at work where he, he kind of comes in and it's not like he's acting very different and he's very upset. And it appears that he had gone into a fight with, um, that other coworker and was like trying to make that person happy and trying to like appease to her and then goes home. And then I get a call from my supervisor saying, Hey, he, he passed away. Mm. Um, they, they kind of, they declared it a, a suicide. And then I learned later cause it kind of like wasn't, wasn't clicking and wasn't like all adding up for me that, um, yeah. he was also struggling with addiction at the time. And that was kind of like, one of the one of the compounding factors in that and that song's kind of about me you know it's of course being straight edge it's it's hard for me to be empathetic about a situation like that it's um because it's not it's not something that i can kind of like be like i can totally understand why this happens but it is something where i gotta take a step back and understand like how powerful that stuff is for other people's lives yeah and it was also kind of a song of mourning and like all of this like range of emotions i felt from just like being you know just like frustrated that he's gone to missing him to trying to understand like what was going on to feeling selfish in my loathing all those things so that's kind of like what that song tries to tackle and then yeah a yeah. lot of my lyrics, I kind of just, I pick a topic. A lot of times it's about straight edge. A lot of times it's not. I kind of pick a topic and I try to stay within that. Maybe I'll like come up with like a couple of catchy bars and that can be kind of like a hook. Like I'm trying to think about another song. Like the last song on the EP, Reckoning, that's just like a song about, you know, how people who um, were straight edge and, and broke, how that kind of like affects me. Totally. And how that, um, how it makes, how it makes me feel and how it kind of, um, it gives me a little bit of, um, a lot of times I just see like, sometimes it just like brings out like truths in people that I hadn't really seen before and kind of coping with that and understanding that even though it's like, they're human, they're able to make that decision, but it's like, kind of like, in a sense, this is our own thing, but we're also in this together. And these two things kind of come together to affect me. So a lot of times I just pick a topic like that and I just kind of riff. And I was thinking, you know, that process, even though, like, I would say with this coworker, like, he wasn't my best of friends. Like, just kind of knowing and, like, going through the situation and, like, being the last person or one of the last people he talked to before he passed away was just like really heavy. Yeah. And so I just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, how that is impactful, even if it's like not the strongest personal connection, just knowing that like me being there to talk to him, like, you know, and a lot of people can have that thought where it's like, maybe I could have done something even though, yep. you know, I, I don't think I could have, but you know, maybe there's something I could have done. That's like different. That would have changed or altered the situation. And, you know, like I would still be seeing him at work. Cause he was just such a, he was such a fun dude. Yeah. Such a fun, like person to be around and just like being at like an insufferable, like being, it's not an insufferable job. It's a, it's a fun job, but it's stressful. So being at like a fun, like in this like kind of stressful place where I'm having to like take care of all these different factors and just like seeing him was awesome. Yeah. So, no, yeah. Totally, man. I mean, I think that's why 
when I listened to that song and I read the lyrics, I think that's why that kind of came up for me was because I felt that I felt that in that song and in reading that about just like, I mean, a loss is a loss, man. Like I, you know, the grief process and that range of emotions is like really, it is a heavy, really heavy thing. And after I got mm-hmm. sober, I, I, you know, went to school and, and I've been a counselor for like almost six, like oh, almost six years now. And so I'm just like, awesome. I'm like in the trenches of that world, like, you know, all the time, like when I'm not doing hardcore stuff and going to shows and doing that, I'm, 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 I'm working and, and just, you know, just a part of the recovery community. And, and it really is like taking a step back and recognizing the power, um, the power of that illness, you no, know, it's like, like, I think a lot of, um, straight edge is awesome. I'm so happy to be straight edge. And I think straight edge has done like so much for me it being straight edge however doesn't allow me to be like absent-minded to like other things that people deal with like it doesn't uh, it doesn't give me like a chance to like minimize people's struggles it gives it gives me a chance to maybe like have something where it's like all right maybe i won't experience that but that doesn't mean people experiencing it are worse than me it doesn't mean that they're like they can't feel validated. They don't need help in certain situations and they wouldn't need it to be treated like an illness, which it is for a lot of people. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. Thanks for well, thanks for elaborating on the, that song and, and your writing. Um, and yeah, what do you think about I wanted to ask you, what do you what like what you think about uh, straight edge and hardcore today? I think straight edge and hardcore today um Man, I, I mean, again, straight edge is really cool. There's a lot of people that are kind of, you know, like I do straight edge. I'm straight edge for myself and I always will be. And that's kind of like why I did it in the purpose. I don't think there's like, I don't think straight edge is cool. I think if anything, straight edge is like kind of corny and like a little <laughs> lame, but I yeah. don't care. I love it so much. And I think it's like the dopest thing ever. And sure, there's like, of course, you can scroll through Twitter and find like a bunch of straight edge people saying stuff that I just like really don't agree with. Like, I know there's like a lot of straight edge people that would have like super different political views than me. And like they would have like a lot of they would have like things to say that would make me go like, what are you talking about? Like, you're like, you're an idiot. But again, it's like I'm not I didn't join this to treat it as a monolith. I joined it for myself. So honestly, like I could like maybe not care less when anyone else has to say, I don't want to put it like that, but like I'm doing it, I'm doing it for me. Yeah. So like deep down it's for me and it's for my friends. And it's like, I hold my, I hold people I know accountable to it. And like, I hold myself accountable to the world and I'm accountable for myself. And like, that's why I'm doing it. It's not for like some image thing. It's not so I can like, be be this or that or like make money there's definitely no money it's not for like the marketing of it or anything like it's just because i love it and i feel like if i wasn't straight edge i i i I don't know i don't want to think about that so (laughs) yeah yeah thank you man um because i know um yeah a lot of people a lot of people are dumb there's dumb people everywhere Totally, man. That's what I was going to say. It's like, there's a lot of people that get down with what I get down with or, or rep what I do that say stupid stuff all the time. It's just like, you know, that's just, that's just human nature and how the world is. But, um, yeah. 
couple more minutes I want to ask you about, like, we know that there's a history in San Diego hardcore, um, but I want to ask you, like, currently, currently what's popping in San Diego hardcore that, that you can share about? I think, I think, honestly, one of the main things I want to talk about in San Diego hardcore is just, like, I see kids I haven't seen before going to gigs, which is, that's really, like, what I ask for. And, like, I've seen, like, there's a big... There's a big influx of like a lot of like newer bands. Like there's a band called Purest Bond. There's a band called Intercom. Those are like two bands in San Diego that are kind of like doing things in the world. And of course there's like bands with my friends and all that. But I feel feel like none of that is possible without this influx of kids I see that are just going to gigs, which is so cool. Definitely, man. Definitely. Shout out to Purest Bond too, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Do you want to give any shout outs before I'm going to do some, uh, quick hits with you, uh, which is something I've started recently. People have liked to, but do you want to give any shout outs or anything before we finish? Um, I think the number one, I mean, shout out to the 805. I know all the listeners out there are really going to love that, but shout out to the 805. That's right. Um, I, we got a play up there. So like shout out to the dudes in in time. Shout out to Cameron. He's the best. Um, shout out to all the dudes in Firestarter. Those, those, those dudes are so awesome. And they're like, so supportive coops from major pain. He's the best. He's like authentically the night. He's like uh, the nicest person ever. And it's like a lot of times you see people like that and you're like, they're fake. They're lying. He's not, he's <laughs> so real. And he like really just like loves hardcore loves yeah. so much. Um, shout out to the six, one, nine, the eight, five, eight, the seven, six, Oh, North County, San Diego, just like, yep. There's too many. There's too many names, and I don't want to like. I don't want to like omit anybody. No, you're so good. I, <laughs> and shout out my girlfriend. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, and for all the listeners, Firestarter, In Time, Coops from Major Pain. I've uh, all those people have been on the show, so you can hit the streaming library and find all those interviews. Um, we've been talking to Brady from Abstain. Thanks so much again, man. Um, streaming listeners, after this interview, you'll hear that playlist. And um, all right, last week I did really good with these because I stumped the person a few times. <laughs> so not stumped in a way like they didn't know, but stumped in a way of like they couldn't decide. And that's always my goal. So are yeah. you ready? Yeah. Okay. Drums or, drums or vocals? Um, drums. Over my dead body or unbroken? Unbroken. Have heart or fiddlehead? I might got to say that, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and say I I I I love more fiddlehead records than I enjoy have than I love half heart records. So fiddlehead. Okay, nice. It's good. The, your reaction means I did a good job. SSD or negative effects? Probably SSD. Okay. Uh, being in nature and outdoors or the city? Oh man, I know. I'm a I'm a city dude. I love being in the city, but. Honestly, recently I've been like kind of enjoying nature. So I'm gonna say for right now, nature, dude. Nature rocks. Yeah. Vans or Nikes? Vans or Nikes? Nikes. I hate vans. <laughs> okay, nice. No, I'm I'm sorry. Vans vans are so awful. <laughs> <laughs> they are really uncomfortable shoes. <laughs> I, I do not like those shoes at all. Okay. Shorts or pants? Pants, one hundred percent. Baggy. Everything baggy. <laughs> That's right. Crew neck or hoodie? Ooh, recently I've been on the crew neck wave, and I love a nice sweater too. All right, right on. 
Thanks, man. That, those are the ones. Huh? Hey, that that heart that half heart fiddlehead one was was awesome. <laughs> that was that was good. That was evil. So I know I hit I had a couple like that last week that I I was proud of but all right man well uh thank you so much are you gonna be at uh for the children this weekend I actually I won't be at for the children this weekend but everyone else but if you don't go to for the children this weekend um you're making an error a human mistake <laughs> so you should be at for the children if you're listening to this and you should also be there tomorrow I don't care what you got. You got work. You're calling out. You're sick. You got COVID for one day, and you're coming to see a stain with King Nine and take offense and the Almighty Mongrel. That's King right. That's right. All right. Well, I'll see you at a show soon, and, and we'll catch up, man. Thank you so yeah, much again, up, man. Thank you so much for this. This was so cool. No doubt. Peace. All right. Thank you, dude. And here's the Abstain Rock Block, Fantastic Day by Haircut 100. Here's where the story ends by the Sundays, La Muralla Verde, Los Enantios Verdes, When Love Breaks Down by Prefab Sprout and Thomas Dolby, Picture in My Mind by Pink Panthers and Sam Gilliatri, and Final Expression from Unbroken.
to me it's fine. 
Deepest dive. I've been waiting for you my whole life. 